We've reached the crossover period inside the South Carolina State House. What has happened and what's to come in the final month of this legislative session. Welcome in to the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. I am Justin Hall, seated right here in the middle. Mitch Prosser to my right. Dave Wilson to my left. We've got the big board behind us. We're going to bring it around because, Dave, we've reached the halfway point. There's a lot that has happened since January. We had a press conference at the beginning of the legislative session outlining the eight priorities that we felt were most important for our representatives and senators to, ad- to address for the constituents and for the people of South Carolina. And, and as you know all too often, we have to have a report card that goes out every now and again to determine how well we've performed. So... Let's analyze so, how so it's what going. I want to do it real quick is let's let's look at what the report card actually says. Let's go to the board real quick and I'll show you. Board really does tell us exactly what we're looking at right here. We talked about transparency in education, medical rights of conscience, save women's sports, medical marijuana, educational opportunity, pro-life legislation, human trafficking, religion, it's essential. But we also added this year, and I'm gonna write it right down here, the word taxes, because there is a huge tax break that we really worked with members of the House and Senate to be able to to address and be able to focus on because that's an important part of this. We're looking at a billion to two billion dollar tax cut and possibly even a tax rebate. That's money back in your pockets at home. But let's just look at what happened real quick. Transparency in education, whether you want to call it critical race theory or you want to call it uh, you know whatever terminology we want to use because that is guys as you know it is a big term that is uh, a lightning rod right now uh, we've not seen anything in transparency and education from either side the house or the senate on this particular issue the house talked about it there was a possibility that it would make crossover there's possibility and we'll go into more detail in a few minutes about how that could happen but it has not happened yet medical rights of conscience it passed in the house it has made its way over to the Senate. The big question mark is, will it actually get passed? There's a version that has been done, but that's still up in, in, in a question at the moment. Save women's sports. Beauty of this one is the House actually passed a save women's sports piece of legislation this week. It's now making its way over to the Senate, and they've been working on their version as well. There is a real, real possibility that the numbers are going to count themselves up and we're going to be in a really great position for that one. Medical marijuana. You know, it started, we accidentally put the X on the House side. They passed it over here. It made its way over to the House. The House has been debating this all week long. It's a big question mark about whether or not that's going to happen. If it does, it then becomes a question about whether or not Governor McMaster would sign it and what would happen after that. Educational opportunity. That has been passed both in the House and the Senate. They're working back and forth on these issues right now. We don't know what's going to be happening on that front yet. Pro-life legislation. Let's just put a big check mark right here because the heartbeat bill got passed. The heartbeat bill was the first thing that happened straight out of this legislative session. And so that has been really, really important for us in moving forward. There are other opportunities that are there, an abortion pill reversal. That discussion has come up. It probably won't make crossover or won't make it into the legislation this year. But we're also recognizing the fact that we're playing a long game. Human trafficking. The pornography industry, this trafficking industry, has a foothold in South Carolina. It has, it has all across America. And it is having a huge impact. 
But neither chamber did anything this year to address this issue, and we really need to see that happening. Religion is essential. It passed in the House. It's made its way over to the Senate. They have voted for it. We're simply now going to be getting some final issues worked out between some language between the two. We'll talk about that in just a minute as well. That is something that we think is going to be happening and hitting the governor's desk. And on the issue of taxes, both of them have worked on a plan together, and we're going to turn around and see whether or not that's actually going to compromise itself down into an equal package that will be good for both sides that both chambers are going to be able to do anywhere from a one to two billion dollar tax cut but we'll talk about that in more detail awesome dave hey thank you so much for walking us through that ladies and gentlemen as you watch dave and everything that's happening at that board dave there's a lot going on and in fact some would say we're kind of drinking out of a fire hydrant through a drinking straw, and you may feel the same after watching Dave do that on the board. Thank you so much for walking us well, through that. And I think the thing that folks to keep in mind is there are a lot of issues that are out there. There are tons of bills that are going back and forth. There is a lot of action. Yes. And I'll be very frank, this has been a very aggressive strategy for yes. us over this past legislative yes. session. I mean, mm -hmm. Typically, your your average chamber of commerce, your your manufacturers alliance may look at three or four issues that they're going to look at in a given year. But you understand how important it is for us as the cultural guardrails in South Carolina to start recognizing there's a lot of things that are are trying to push us over the cultural edge. I mean, right. we just had a Supreme Court now confirmed justice mm -hmm. who has said she can't tell you what the definition of woman is. That's quite a consideration because that boils down to actually what happens in South Carolina Absolutely. and yeah. what happens in South Carolina law. Yeah. It does. And, and that, that goes into, so let's hit the two that are the most recent. You went through them on the board, but let's go through the two that are most recent. That's this week. Two major victories this week. Right. The Senate passes religion is essential. That will now head to the governor's desk. It is very, 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 very likely that the governor will sign that into right. law, which, again, that codifies that churches and places of worship cannot be shut down during a state of emergency. So we have one procedural move that has to take place. The The House had it in one section of law. The Senate moved it to another section of law. Senator Chip Campson out of Charleston was the original author of what's called RIFRA, the Religion Freedom Restoration Act that was done back in the 90s. Um, he wanted the this section of code not there, but in the emergency powers action set of law. So they have moved that over. The language is basically the same, but they moved that over. And in doing so, the House is going to have to concur. But most likely, I mean, we're being told right now, when the House comes back from Easter break, yep. they come back on the 19th of April, it is most likely that's going to get through and over to the governor's for signature, which means of the now nine items, because when we add taxes that we right. wrote at the bottom of the page, that brings us that two of our major items are going to have passed this year. Yep. And that's just before we get further along and what right. we're going to be doing over the next five weeks. So, so as we as we walk through this board and, and we've, we've kind of talked through each of those things, uh, Save Women's Sports, that looks really good. I think the Senate is going to move on that. It's possibly going to be set for special order, which, uh, Dave, tell us a little bit more about what that means. So setting for special order basically says this. It is an uninterrupted period of debate. But it also requires that the bill have a final vote that takes place. Setting something for special order says it doesn't matter who objects to it, what is being done, we're still going to vote on this particular issue. 
the Senate has taken up its version of Save Women's Sports. They actually took their version, struck out everything that was in there, and took the House version and put it back in. So they've already debated this in Senate education. Uh, you have Senator Richard Cash, who kind of led that effort. The, mm-hmm. We talked about this a few weeks ago, where the Senate Education Committee debated it back and forth, and, and members actually overrode some work that that the chairman of that committee, Greg Hembry, was wanting to do. And they said, no, we need to go ahead and move this forward. The beauty of this is, folks, when we look at this, you've got similar language in both chambers. The House has passed its version. It's now gone over to the Senate. The Senate's going to pick it up and most likely get that special order slot, which means that South Carolina will become the 12th, 13th state to actually have passed, and Governor McMaster has committed to sign legislation that saves women's sports. It says that in sports in South Carolina, (laughs) boys play against boys and girls play against girls. When you break down when it's it's outside... If you were to go to somebody on the street and say, you know, the House just passed House Bill 4608, that person would say, oh, well, wonderful, great. <laughs> once, you start, once you start breaking down, hey, just in this week, the the Senate has agreed with the House that religion is essential and it shouldn't be shut down in a state of emergency, Correct. that no governor should have that kind of power, and that boys should play against boys and girls should play against girls. You go, wow, okay, common sense is ruling and reigning inside right. the state house, it, which is good. And these yeah. are both bills— that received bipartisan that's support. A right. Big deal. That's bipartisan support on both of these. So that's one, two right there. You mentioned pro life legislation. That's the third. That's so we're we're three for nine. Mitch, opening day was yesterday in baseball. If you tell me that a guy goes three for nine, factor that down to one for three for his career, that's a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. So three major pieces of legislation right. g- going in the favor of upholding conservative values is important. Now, there are a few others of these that are on the board that we do have question marks behind. Transparency and education. I want to get to this, Dave, because when we started the podcast, I mentioned this earlier this week, mm-hmm. and I'm going to mention it to you now that you're in the room. If you've been following the Palmetto Family Matters podcast since August of 2021, sink in on that one. Okay. August of 2021, we talked about critical race theory. That drove mm-hmm. Glenn Youngkin to the governorship in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Absolutely. There's no question rallying the support of parents who understood the issues. Transparency and education didn't quite get there this time around. It would appear Save Women's Sports kind of took the mantle and the House passed it. Where does transparency and education in terms of those education bills lie in the House and in the Senate? So the House Education Committee took 18 hours of testimony on critical race theory bills. They looked at five different pieces of legislation. They were going to try to formulate that into one. I think they kind of did that. But the clock ran out on crossover. Keep in mind, crossover is this. One month before the end of session, any bill that starts in one chamber has to make its way over or cross over to the other chamber, which means you have to pass it out of one one chamber of the legislature, the House or the Senate, for it to be able to go to the other chamber. It did not make the crossover. The critical race theory bills did not make the crossover. There are some procedural moves, though. The House, who has been the one who's predominantly been working on this, could continue to pass that bill. It could go over to the Senate. And if two-thirds of the members of the Senate say, hey, we should take this up, then that's going to be something that they're going to bring to the floor. And they'll have that debate on it. That takes 31 members... 32, 31, uh, to be able to make that happen. The question is, do you have 31 members who would turn around and say, yes, let's go ahead and accept this bill? 
There's a question on that right now. Well, as we look at all these, and, and you bring that up, transparency in education really morphed into more of a parental bill of rights. We're seeing that in Florida with the, the bill that we talked about on Tuesday, and then we're seeing that in other states where parents just want to have a say in their children's education. They don't, they don't just want that. They need that, and it's their God-given right to know what's happening in the life of their child. So as we look at all these issues in transparency in education, it's far wider and it's far greater than CRT. It's pornography in the books that they read. It's illicit sexual material. It's the LGBTQ agenda. All of those things morphing their way into the way that education is playing out for children. Well, and it's really interesting because I happened to see an article last night or this morning that was a teacher was taking a look at what she could see on the back end of the data that's in there for a student record. Mm-hmm. Teachers have access to things like your the report card and the grades and everything else, and the parents get a snapshot view. Well, this teacher inadvertently logged in from a parent login, and as a teacher, she could see what the child's preferred pronouns oh, wow. were, Okay. Interesting. From a teacher's side, they can see preferred pronouns. But for the parents, the parents were not able to see what a child's preferred pronouns were on the parental portal to the school. Now, this isn't a South Carolina school, so don't freak out yet. Mm -hmm. But that is a transparency and education issue. What we, we we ran into this during COVID. When all of a sudden the living room became the classroom and you're zooming into class and you're, and some parents were actually hearing what was being taught in the classroom. And now we have a parent who has turned around and said, listen, I can see things like preferred pronouns when I'm the teacher, but as a parent, I have no idea what my child's announced preferred pronouns are. That's part of transparency and education that we really have to start thinking about. What's going on? During those seven, eight hours where children are in a classroom and without the parental oversight that needs to be there. So if you want to track that bill, if you're watching right now and you want to track that bill, it's House Bill 5183. It's the House Education Committee's bill. They took all those those five bills. They put them together. H5183, so you can track that at secstatehouse.gov or on the Palmetto Family Council app uh, inside the State House 5183. Medical marijuana. We said going into the session that it would take up quite a bit of time in the Senate, and it did. It did. If if you look at the calendar when the Senate session started and now, it took up a great Amount of time. Yeah, they're, they're eighteen weeks in the legislative yeah. in, in the legislative year. It, it, three weeks. it, it took three, three weeks, yeah. so it's a full sixth Six. of the session they spent on that when in you, debate on the when, floor. When you're and then you're going to have to deal with the budget too, so that already sections off a part of time as well. Right. So medical marijuana passes in the Senate, pared down and and restructured language from the original proposed bill. It's I mean it's, by, it's by considerably smaller than it was. Sure. sure. Senator Senator Davis introduces and the Senate being the deliberative body that they are really tailored that down and tamped it down. Now it heads to the House. It's currently in the 3M committee. That's you you mentioned it Dave at the big board. So I'm going to call it the big board. That it's now going to be taken up after Easter break. Right. Odds that it passes. I, you know there are there are places where it has an ability to not pass, 
Um, there are a lot of amendments that a lot of members have where they want to make some massive changes and they want to slow it down. Yep. Because here's the thing, folks. You get to that second Thursday in May mm. and the clock runs out. It's just like it's just like a sports game, you know? Football or basketball. There you go. And so when you think about that, or soccer. We're the question is, are you we're not gonna talk about soccer. Well, I'm just saying those are the ones that we clocks. don't talk about Bruno and we don't talk That's, about soccer. So there we, we go. don't talk about Disney. There, there we go. go. <laughs> but we're gonna we're we're entering into a place where you've got to run your two-minute drill. Yes, you got to yep. know what your two-minute drill is. You're going to be inside the 20. You're running your two-minute drill. What are you going to do? How are you going to play differently? And when you look at when they come back, there's going to be four legislative weeks left. Mm -hmm. That is only 12 days. Right. And on that last Thursday at 5 o'clock, the clock ends and the time runs out. So is there enough strategy to basically hold this off and stall it for 12 days? Possibly. Are there enough amendments to, to stretch out a debate? Possibly. Um, are there compromises that could be made that pare it down even more? Or the beauty of this, and, and, and I testified to the, the 3M committee the other week, the whole concept of medical marijuana has actually been on the books in South Carolina as state law since 1980. Yeah. It was a program that allowed for controlled substances to be used as part of clinical trials. South Carolina was the third state in America to take this approach. Mm -hmm. And there are ways to simply modify and tailor that to where we are in 2022. But it was a free program that was paid for by the state of South Carolina that simply just has not been run in four decades. And yet we want to turn around and create a whole brand new medical marijuana industrial complex industry. They've kind of pared that back, but I'm going to take Ryan McCabe, the representative out of Lexington County. I want to take a point that he made yesterday or Thursday in the 3M's full committee when they voted it through. He said, we're promising 15 people licenses to be able to grow marijuana in South Carolina. Now, the current limitation is it is for a two-acre tract that has to be within a greenhouse setting. Mm -hmm. So it's not out there being grown in public. Right. But he said, do you know what we're doing right here? We're making 15 people really rich. Yeah. We are picking treatment. winners and losers. He said, yeah, if you want to do this, why are we putting so many limitations on it? But at the same time, the limitations need to be there, which means as much as we have heard that they've spent seven or eight years building a really good bill and coming with, up with something, you also don't turn around and rewrite half the bill on the Senate floor either. Right. And be, be okay with it being rewritten. On the right. Floor. And, and there are just a lot of questions that are still there. Sure. Does marijuana have some level of medicinal use? There have been plenty of studies that out there out there that show that it does have some level of impact. Yeah. Well, the great news with this is is there are opportunities for research institutions uh, like a Clemson, like a Presbyterian, those that specialize in 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 agriculture, agronomy, agronomy and agriculture, and pharmaceuticals, that sort of thing. And certainly, the University of South Carolina Medical School. Sure. Right. Those institutions to be able to research this. So. In certain situations, I think it'd be a great idea for 
control or oversight to be given to those institutions, those colleges and universities, where they could then look at the benefits, side effects, repercussions, consequences of this, as opposed to massive legislation, the marijuana industrial complex, now giving oversight to a government agency like DHEC to grant "Quote unquote green cards." Right, people. and so there, there are a lot of questions. Medical marijuana does it have a possibility of passing? It's it, 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 it does have, and then it becomes a question: Will Governor McMaster sign it? If it is signed into law, one small item, it was a revenue generating bill that was originated in the Senate, and that goes against the South Carolina Constitution. So there's a whole constitutionality question that. It looks like, and hearing some conversations that I heard earlier today, could very well open up South Carolina to some court cases of this moving forward. So we'll have to see what goes on with that. Educational opportunity is another win on the boards. I'm, I'm just trying to go through the wins here on the board, the seeming wins. Uh, save women's sports, educational opportunity, pro-life legislation, religious freedom and religion is essential, and then taxes. That's five. That's five out of nine. That leaves uh, us with medical rights of conscience. Right, so that's, what, that's the one that's hanging. So medical rights of conscience legislation was passed in the House. There was It has been it has gone through the committee process in the Senate. Uh, it got stalled because you had some members of the, of the Democratic Party who were basically putting objections on the bill to keep it from moving forward because they want to see hate crimes passed. I got a text message about that this morning. I mean, no, I really did get a text message because I, I signed up for the text message because I'm weird and a nerd and I want to see what they said. <laughs> I saw it on the door of a Walmart well, coffee creamer. No, not ice cream. I'm healthier. Uh, getting, <laughs> getting coffee creamer, and I couldn't help myself. Now, this is the first text they've sent me since May of 2021, which tells me that while some may want to... Um, for lack of a more politically correct term, stall on some other pieces of legislation to get yes. this one some attention. Uh, Dave, it appears to be a long game, one that they're willing to... Uh, I mean, those who are pushing the legislation are in the minority in terms of Republican-Democrat in the Senate. Uh, they want a, a longer-term plan here. They're willing to play the long game here for as many years as it But takes. it goes back into what we've talked about before, and that goes back yeah. to those ESG scores, environmental social justice governance scores. How are you being viewed politically? There's actually a gun company in South Carolina mm -hmm. that was denied a loan by Bank of America because they sell guns. Imagine if all of a sudden you have an inability to buy something or because you donate to your church or donate yeah. to Palmetto family, well, all of a sudden, well, there's certain things because you're part of a group of people that we don't agree with. Then well, all I might call them deplorables. Right. And so this is a place, and we're going to be going into this in much more detail. Very. Because yeah. this is part of our long game. Mm -hmm. Just put it out there. What's going to be going on right now by woke corporate America working in conjunction, the private side working with the public side, this is where you say, well, I've got a constitutional right to say what I want to say. Yes. But Facebook will also be able to shut you down because they are a private company and right. they are using their end user agreements to be able to turn around Correct. and say what you can and cannot do. Corporations are saying we will or won't lend you money. You are beginning to see these things taking place. And so when you get a text message 
telling you that we really need to stop hating South Carolina. The reality is, as believers, as Christians, do not think that that applies to you. It doesn't. Right. It applies solely on other issues, and it is something that is just not going to be. If I may, taken it, up. if I may, I will. I will. I know where you're saying it does matter. It it, it does talk about you because you're the one being hateful. I'm just putting it out there. They want to stop you. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's what they want to do. So right now, what we're looking at with ESG ultimately applies to woke Inc. and corporate crony uh, totalitarianism. But don't think that that's going to stop there. It, while a small business may not be able to get a loan to buy the next refrigerator to keep their food in for the restaurant... It, one day, Dave, you're exactly right. It's going to come down to uh, a new family wants to buy a home, so they now go and apply for a loan, a mortgage loan. And they, so uh, you go back to the, the podcast with Senator Kimbrell from just a couple of weeks ago. They go in to get that loan. All this, the criteria that currently apply still apply, but even in deeper detail now is your ESG score. Now, you meet all the criteria of being loanable except for you spoke out on Facebook about women's sports. Now, you're now unloanable. That's a problem because the government hasn't necessarily told you that you don't have the right to free speech. The banks have. So it's soft totalitarianism. The government's not saying you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. They've just backed away and let the banks tell you that you're bad. Right, so this is a place where your voice actually matters and what you're doing, mm-hmm. and this is why an election process is so important, mm-hmm. and that's why you know, an item that we don't have on the list but it's extremely important because we keep yeah. hearing it as we crisscross the state, and that's the issue of election integrity. Absolutely. And there is a bill that has passed through the House. It is yep. over in the Senate. The push is right now for the Senate to take that up, to get that done, and to move forward on it. And that's something that we hope and think that will take place before the primary elections coming up this June. It's important that this piece of legislation gets gets it through and, and allows us to bring some level of standardization yes. in the way that the election process works county to county to county in South Carolina. That's going to be a major piece. So as you're watching as you're listening to this podcast, as you catch up on our emails, and if you're not on our email list, go to palmettofamily.org and sign up today so that you know and have the action steps that you need to take in order for us to be able to do the things that protect our culture as the cultural guardrails of South Carolina. Uh, Representative, by the way, if you missed us talking about election integrity, Representative Brandon Newton was here last fall talking about (laughs) About this this bill. bill and how he manufactured the language and how he made sure that there was a runway that the entire state kind of runs on in terms of early voting, absentee voting, how many excuses and this, that, and the other, a lot of intricacies that it's important. Go back and listen to it and then read the legislation as it passed and And see maybe what changed. And it passed nearly unanimously and bipartisan bipartisan support. They did a really good job in the house. Now it's up to the Senate to move this forward. So all of these different issues that we've talked about today are important. There, there are a lot of them. Mitch said earlier, it's like drinking water out of a fire hydrant through a straw, as long as it's not a paper straw. Paper straw is going to fall apart. So there's a lot of issues. How do you keep up with them all? Well, there's a couple different ways. You can subscribe to the Palmetto uh, family newsletter that we send out and our emailing list that we send out emails all the time to keep you updated. You can do that on the website, palmettofamily.org. You can also download the Palmetto Family Council app 
all in the app. You can listen to our podcast. You can watch past podcasts. You can connect with your representative. You can connect with your senator. You can find out how to reach out to them and then reach out to them, hopefully. And, and you can get alerts when and there are major things going on. You can get alerts. You get push notifications there. You can also uh, text guardrails to 76076. I haven't said that in a while. Yeah, you can do that and get alerts that way. And you can also listen to, subscribe, watch the podcast, follow us on social media, all of that. And here's the folk, here's the reality, folks. This happens because of you. That's right. Your involvement yep. in what goes on in this process is extremely important. It is it, you're partners with us. Mm-hmm. We're here on the ground. We're we're doing the parts to to make sure that you're informed about what's going on. But it's really up to you because it's your voice that matters. It's your voice contacting your legislator. It's your voice reaching out and sharing with your friends the emails that we send out, the alerts that we send out on issues that are happening across the state. That's you. And that's why we are so grateful for the opportunity for when folks want to partner with us, either to invest in the work that we do or to share the information that we have, because that is what enables us to work together to make a difference for the kingdom of God right here in South Carolina. And if you've missed anything that we've done, you can go to the website, palmettofamily.org, catch up on everything that we've been doing, including the podcast from Tuesday where we talked about the sights being set on children when it comes to the sexual revolution of the 60s and 70s. It's now turned into, well, I can talk to your kindergartner through third grader about sex and gender issues. Yeah, whatever. Uh, we talked about that on Tuesday and the pure insanity of it all. Uh, we also have a piece on the website that you can read it goes into a bit more detail about what the gender-affirming care is and, yeah. and and what the press secretary called a matter of health and possibly saving someone's life. When you actually read what they say it is, it makes no sense as to how it saves someone's life. In fact, I would argue it completely destroys their life. Anyway, not the point. That was Tuesday. So go back and listen to that where you hear Mitch and I talk about that, about gender-affirming care. That's all for this week's edition of the Friday Palmetto Family Matters podcast, talking about all these different issues. I'm Justin Hall. He's Mitch Prosser. He's Dave Wilson. We will see you on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Palm Sunday. And we will see you back here on the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast.